Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey there, Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Island college basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black matt norlander is here with me if you're watching us on youtube please go ahead and smash the like button like your brandon davis you have consent if you haven't yet subscribed to the youtube channel please knock that out while you're here okay let's get into it we didn't expect to be doing a monday night podcast but a big story broke monday morning that requires our attention and frankly we wanted to wait a little bit till we got more information so we could talk about this um, as intelligently and as informed as, as we could possibly do it. Texas basketball coach Chris Beard, as I'm sure you know by now, was arrested early Monday and hit with a felony family violence charge after a woman described as his fiance told police he, among other violent things, strangled her and bit her. Beard was in jail until Monday afternoon, eventually released on a $10,000 bond. He's been suspended without pay by the University of Texas. Rodney Terry is is serving as the interim coach. Before we discuss the case, as we know it at this point, let me run you through the affidavit for arrest so we all know exactly what we're discussing. So we're we're all starting from the same place. According to the report, a woman identified again as Chris Beard's longtime fiance called 911 after midnight because she said she, quote, didn't feel safe. The woman said she and Beard had been having relationship issues for several days and that this led to, to Chris Beard being in the guest room of their home that they share late Sunday, early Monday. The woman said Chris Beard was sitting up in the bed. They were talking. He was twirling his reading glasses. And then she admitted to grabbing those glasses and breaking them. She said that she then went back to the master bedroom. And she said after about 10 to 15 minutes, Chris Beard came into the master bedroom and uh, slapped the glasses, eventually slapped the glasses off of her face. She also said that uh, Chris threw her off the bed and then choked her from behind for around five seconds. She said he eventually stopped. She added she wasn't exactly sure why he stopped or what made him stop. But when examined by authorities, they observed, again, according to the affidavit, a bite mark to her right forearm, an abrasion to her right eyebrow slash temple area, an abrasion to her left leg from her knee all the way down to her foot, and a cut on her right thumb. All these injuries, she said, were caused by Chris Beard late Sunday, early Monday. Deadleg, I I think that about gets us through the allegations, although it it should be noted it sounds like the woman no longer wants to pursue this case, which could um, theoretically complicate things. Before we go any further, tell me if there's anything I missed that's important, and beyond that, tell me uh, what you think happens next. Well, okay, so yeah, you you just touched on a lot of it there. Um, 
and I was checking in with most of what you were saying. Uh, the victim in the alleged incident also said, quote, he choked me, threw me off the bed, bit me, bruises all over my leg, throwing me around and going nuts, end quote. And then uh, per the affidavit concluded that statement by saying, quote, I just did not feel safe, end quote. And that's why she dialed uh, 911. Um, the, the call came in for this at about 12.15 local. Beard did not get booked until 4.18 in the morning. That is quite a bit of long period of time. In fact, I checked in with uh, a police officer uh, who I just happen to know and has dealt with this. Uh, and he said, no, that is an unusual, an unusual gap. Uh, but there could be the reasons for that could be could be many. The, uh, the arrest report also indicates that when officers first got to the residence, uh, which Beard and his fiancés share, um, it appears that Beard was not initially initially there, uh, but he was brought in, was released on ten thousand dollar bond in the afternoon. I'll also add uh, that there is a uh, protective order against the victim in this case, the alleged victim. Uh, Beard cannot go within two hundred feet of his residence until at least February tenth of next year. He cannot be within two hundred feet with the complainant, his fiance in this case, um, until the ca- until the case is resolved or the court determines another matter or reason why that that should be dropped. He is also not allowed to carry a firearm. That actually has relevance to this specific case and the felony charge. I'll get to that in a little bit uh, with all of this. And it was actually kind of a, a hell of a vision, GP. Uh, the I tweeted out the video earlier on Monday of Beard meeting with the magistrate and just to see him you know, in a jumpsuit, in cuffs, had a mask on his face, uh, traditional, you know, surgical mask, um, and kind of going through that process, man, it was just, uh, it was, it was, it was wild to see that. Um, and yeah, I mean, these, these allegations are atrocious. They're disturbing as hell. And if, if true, I mean, this shouldn't even need to be said, but of course I'm going to say it. Like if this is true, he's out of there, gone, not coaching Texas again, needs to be fired. I, and, and as I'm sure your phone has been, uh, busy all day, getting that from plenty of people at the coaching level in college sports. You know, Beard needs to be done. If this is true, like he he can't, he's going to get fired, right? He's going to. And as we wanted to wait, and I appreciate everyone that reached out that was like looking for an emergency podcast at, you know, two or three o'clock or four o'clock this afternoon. But just know in instances like this, which we hope don't surface, period, these aren't fun things to report. You know, we don't want domestic violence in our world. This is just awful. But in cases like this, we are going to wait for more information from official sources, just as, such as law enforcement. We're going to wait for schools to put out statements that reflect disciplinary, disciplinary action or lack thereof. Texas waited until less than 90 minutes before tip-off tonight to announce that Beard was suspended without pay and indefinitely it's going to have its process. I get that, but it was just about reaching a point of ridiculousness with, with how long it took Texas to get there. You know, the, the, the working assumption for about six hours was that Rodney Terry was going to be the coach in waiting. Why did it take this long? You can suspend him immediately without pay. You shouldn't be having people wait the entire day, whatever he's fine. That's finally happened. We're going live just as Texas has beaten rice in overtime at home with Rodney Terry. Uh, as we do this, I don't know if, if, Christelle Conti, the athletic director, is going to speak to the media afterward, or if there's going to be any revelation as we do this podcast. We're going to try and not be here too, too long here, but we wanted to get to this on Monday night. Uh, where The timeline, I have no idea. 
I mean, literally, as as we're talking here, GP, I don't know if we're going to get an update from Texas that's you know material in the next 15 minutes to an hour, or if we won't have any progress on this case, period, for the next week. I don't know. There's going to be enough of an outcry, and understandably so, to fire Chris Beard. When you look at the allegations in that, when you look at what is in that arrest report, extremely disturbing behavior. And I understand right now that they are allegations. I get that. And Chris Beard is this process still has to play out. I, I get that. In that lawyer, we still have an un- last thing, and I'm going to serve it right back to you. Earlier in the day, yes, Beard's lawyer stated that the complainant in the case wants the charges to be dropped here, and the complainant being his fiance. Uh, he made that statement. Uh, there's been no verification if uh, the complaint in the case has representation that would agree with that. So, yeah, sure, he told it to a local reporter on the record, but we don't know if that's still going to be the case. And and by the way, even if it is, extremely important to remember this, okay? Domestic violence, it is such a complex issue and major societal problem, and there are so many cases, the overwhelming majority of cases either don't get reported or when reported, don't bring convictions. That does not mean a party affi- uh, you know, affiliated with incidents like this did not commit these acts. It is important to keep that in mind. Okay, It is important to believe victims when they come forward, when they make phone calls in the middle of the night and they call 911. So we have what we have right now. We're going to stick to most of the facts, but it is also to it is very important to understand the greater context of how complex the issue of domestic violence is and almost every single case that comes along with it. Very rarely will you have uh, an incident come about and a fast, quick, black and white decision when it comes to this topic. Uh, it's been that way for a, a long time and unfortunately probably will remain to be that way going forward. Yeah, if the woman wants to recant her story or decline to cooperate um as odd as this might sound to somebody the truth is that's not abnormal when it comes to these types of situations um like let's just talk about the facts as we know it these are two people that according to the woman have been not getting along perfectly for for multiple days now fast forward it's after midnight on sunday you know, early Monday, um, a, a, a conversation obviously escalates to the place where even according to her, she takes some glasses away from Chris Beard and breaks them. So now we're, we're off and running. And once she dials 911, she has um, put that relationship, um, her fiance's freedom, um, his career, all sorts of things in jeopardy. And what 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 is often the case in situations like these is that when you get some time between the moment and, you know, um, a, 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 a new place, then these very basic emotions set in. Oh, but this is the love of my life. We love each other. We just got into an argument and it escalated. He would never do this again. I don't want him to get in any trouble. Again, this is a very normal thing in relationships, unfortunately. And so I suppose there's a scenario if she doesn't want to further cooperate, 
that that helps Chris Beard legally and perhaps with his employer as well. But it is important to note that, according to the affidavit, police seem to they're not just taking her word on what happened. Like she had noticeable injuries and, you know, she is already on the record saying my fiance caused these injuries. And I think it goes without saying, but let me echo what you said. Just, just in case it's unclear. If Chris Beard did these things, he, he, he should not continue as the University of Texas men's basketball coach. And I say that as somebody who likes Chris Beard, who thinks he's one of the very best coaches in the sport at any level. Um, you know, I, I've met this woman before. I, I don't know if you were there, but like, you know, we we like I, I've been around Chris and this woman both in, in you know, when, when we were out on the road and. You know, I don't know. That just sort of popped into my head today. It doesn't mean anything other than than it, it happened. Um, if he, you know, it, it stinks to think that these the, that, that that a person's life and career not stinks, but it's it's wild to consider that a person's life and career can be altered so dramatically over something that might have happened over two minutes. But the truth is, we live in a world where that kind of stuff alters. And, and ruins careers and lives all the time. Like Miles Bridges right now is out of the NBA because of a domestic violence incident um, on, you know, on just um, random stories where these heat of the moment things like change your life forever. Anne Heche, the actress, you know, started driving recklessly through a neighborhood in Southern California, crashed into a home, car caught on fire. She died. I don't know what led to that moment, but that's just a, oh, that was just one day. How It in, literally ended her life. You know, OJ Simpson famously um, allegedly killed two people. It changed his life forever. Um, you know, from my hometown, there's a guy that was in the news at some point over the past year. His name Bradley Dawson. He's on his honeymoon with his wife in Fiji. They were drinking, dancing, partying, um, ended up in an argument ended up in a fight. He ended up killing her. Like he'll probably spend the rest of his life in jail. That's just one night. So on some level, the idea that Chris Beer could lose his dream job, not to mention a $5 million a year job over what happened early Monday, like seems crazy, but like people lose stuff like this, or at least things that are important to them all the time over you know, a bad five minute incident. And the truth is we, we live in a society where it is, um, you know, I, I guess once upon a time you could be accused of what Chris is accused of and maybe survive it. And perhaps you can now, perhaps you can now, I don't know. But I think as a university, if you believe he did what he's accused of doing, and there seems to be evidence that he did it, it's going to be really hard to explain how that person continues to, to, to lead your basketball program. And if you think about it, boy, this time yesterday, think about how, and this is a lesson for all of us. Not that some of us or most of us need to be taught lessons about, Hey, don't strangle. Don't allegedly strangle your fiance. Like we got it. We understand what, what you can and cannot do. But this time yesterday, Chris Beard had his dream job, a top 10 team, um, a relationship on its way, theoretically to marriage, a beautiful home, a $35 million contract. And that might all be gone now. Like you pointed out, he can't even go to his home. 
because it's her home. He can't even go home tonight. He can't coach his basketball team tonight. And the original contract was five years or seven years, $35 million, $5 million a year. He's through about a year and a half of that. So he really might have just cost himself $27.5 million. It is a, it's a disappointing story and obviously a big one that's dominated the sport all day long. Uh, a couple things off of that. This was the statement given by Texas, you know, less than nine minute, 90 minutes before the game. The university takes matters of interpersonal violence involving members of its community seriously. Given the information available, the university has suspended Chris Beard from his position as head coach of men's basketball and with will hold, and with and will withhold his pay until further notice. Associate head coach Rodney Terry will serve as acting head coach for tonight's game against Rice. Also, in Beard's contract, here's the specific language about termination for cause. Any conduct, A, that the university administration reasonably determines is clearly unbecoming to a head coach and reflects poorly on the university, the program, or the University of Texas system, or B, resulting in a criminal charge being brought against head coach involving a felony or any crime involving theft, dishonesty, or moral turpitude. This is a felony, and the reason why it rises to the level of a felony is alleged strangulation. This is a very important distinction that I want to be sure we talk talk about on this podcast. Brenda Tracy is uh, a rape survivor. She has been someone who has helped raise awareness at sexual assault prevention and done it across college sports for years and years now. Um, After the interim head coach at Nebraska's football program was arrested for something very similar to this less than two weeks ago, uh, Brenda Tracy tweeted, a woman who experiences a uh, non-fatal strangulation incident with an intimate partner is 750% more likely to be killed by the same person with a gun. Thus, again, what I mentioned earlier, Beard's not allowed to carry a firearm as terms of uh, the protective order right now. That comment by Tracy stems from the Training Institute on Strangulation Prevention in a report from 2020, one in four women, according to this report, will experience violence at the hands of their partner. Women who have experienced intimate partner violence, IPV, also known as domestic violence, are more in danger of being killed by their partner. These horrifying statistics are not new, but what you may not know is that researchers have recently identified an important predictor of increased violent behavior and perpetrators of IPV. The most dangerous domestic violent of violent offenders strangle their victims. This 750% Statistic line was reiterated in a report earlier this year by Gail Starr, a clinical coordinator for the Albuquerque Sexual Assault Nurse Examiners. And so the reason why I bring this up is not to infer or suggest that what Beard has alleged to have done will happen again. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when we talk about domestic violence, there are certain acts that are triggers and statistics show they actually statistically put victims in much, much, much graver danger. And so, frankly, I think a a decent size of an audience can hear a story, hear domestic violence, think, man, that's just awful, move along with their day. When you really look into where some acts can be predictors of other behavior across a population, strangulation is among the biggest and most alarming. And so that is why... In particular, Beard was charged with a third-degree felony in this case. It is a, it, we are not talking about a misdemeanor. This is a felony, 
and why it is this serious, why he has been suspended without pay, and why many are calling for him to be fired and many are expecting that to be the case again. We don't know if Texas will or won't do that. We don't have a timeline on when that would happen. You mentioned the contract before. There's also that matter to get through with lawyers, but I thought it important to at least bring a bit more context around sure. the nature of the allegations here and how serious they are. And uh, to at least, you know, I didn't know that figure before today, 750%. Signif- I mean, that is just an unreal percentage jump uh, on all that stuff. So just a little added context to what's been a surreal day. And, uh, you know, again, like it's, it's, it's just, yeah, it's everything changed in, you know, in a night, right? Yeah. I, I mean, in, in probably in a matter of 10 minutes, you yes. know, his whole life changed and you're right. There are people calling for Texas to fire Chris Beard immediately. And I'm not, um, I'm not one of the people doing that quite yet. I, the, the, I understand you are playing, you're not playing with, you are dealing with a set of circumstances that will dictate the way people's lives unfold. Um, take your time with that. I, I don't, you know, he is suspended without pay. He's not getting a paycheck. He's not coaching basketball. Take your time with it. I would like agree I, with that. Yes. Yeah, this is a I, I don't, matter. And yes, for sure. I yes. mean, you are, you, what you're about to do one way or another is going to impact somebody's life, reputation, career forever. Take your time with it. I don't need you to rush to judgment on this thing. Um, I, I, I would never rule out the possibility that, there's more to the story, right? That's what everybody always tells us. In fact, that's what Chris Beard's lawyer is already telling us. I'm, I'm willing to, to 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 listen. I'm not willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. That's why he should be suspended w- without pay. But I'm willing to wait and see where the story takes us. But again, if it is reasonably concluded that he did what he's accused of doing, I just don't see how he's going to, to coach at Texas again. Um, in the affidavit... You know, Chris Beard told authorities that he has audio tapes that prove he wasn't the initial aggressor. He was asked if he was willing to share those tapes. He said he was not. I assume by it's it's audio. I'm assuming it's his phone. He was just recording on his phone. Yeah, of course. I, I'm guessing he didn't want to hand over his phone to the authorities, and that's why. I, I you know, yeah, I, I don't want to guess on any of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I hear you. Yeah, I, I don't want to guess, but like that's probably a decent guess. It's on his phone. And, uh, you know, you can just picture it, right? They're arguing. He's holding his phone. He hits the record button and he's just sitting there and she's saying whatever she's saying. Here's my point. Um, That might add some more context to how we got to where we got. But even her version of events describes herself as the initial aggressor. Even her story. Often this stuff is a he said, she said stuff. Like he'll say not he being Chris Beer, but he in any sort of episode similar, he'll say she was the initial aggressor and, and she'll say, no, he was the initial aggressor. But if you look at the affidavit, she seems to also imply, no, I was the initial aggressor. I broke his glasses, right? Here's the issue. That's not a defense. That's a possible explanation for how you lost your mind. It's a possible explanation for how you ended up um, doing things that lead to you being in jail. But if I walk downstairs right now um, and my wife breaks my glasses right in my face, I mean, more likely my dog would chew them up. But like if my wife broke my glasses tonight 
if I respond by choking and biting her, I'm going to jail. You know, I'm going to jail. And so we can all understand how it might be crazy for somebody to break your glasses right in front of you. But your response can't be what Chris Beard's response allegedly was or else she was the aggressor is just an explanation for why you lost your mind. It's not an excuse and it's certainly not a defense. That's right. And the other element that we have to wait on is will the charge be dropped? Don't know if it will or won't, but if it's not, you know, states still have, when it comes to domestic violence, they will still take on the case. It, you know, statistics overwhelmingly show that even when that happens, uh, conviction rates are, are low uh, because of the nature of how domestic violence usually plays out privately in a home between two parties in many cases. So I don't know. I, I and, and not- let me, On that, let me say one thing, and then I'll, I'll turn it right back over to you, and then we can get out of here because I don't have much more to say. Um, um, you, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a situation where this could not lead to a conviction or lead to uh, a plea of a lesser charge. I want to be clear on this before we can go down that path. I don't think that's where the pass fail bar is for Texas. I don't think they can sit back and say, well, if he's not convicted of a felony, we can bring him back. This has to come from your core. This this has to be who we are as an athletic department, who we are as a university. Regardless of what the, where the case goes from here, if you reach the conclusion, our head men's basketball coach did these things, I don't care whether he was convicted or not. If you reach the conclusion he did these things, then you should you should you should act accordingly. And I don't know if we have any idea how the athletic department or university would would handle it if it got to a place where he could plead to a lesser charge or maybe be found not guilty, but the evidence still doesn't look great for him. Uh, but it is worth noting, just worth noting, Arterio Morris is a five-star freshman in the Texas basketball program who was involved in a domestic violence incident with an ex-girlfriend in June, arrested he is facing a family violence charge, just like Chris Beard is facing a family violence charge. Only difference is Chris is a felony, and Arterio Morris is, is a misdemeanor. That case is pending. He's actually due in court Wednesday, so this timing could not be more uh, less than ideal for for Texas and everybody involved. But th- that we are dealing, and I'm not even saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying mm-hmm. note it. Somebody who is facing a family violence charge within the Texas basketball program literally played for Texas tonight. And that might serve as an indicator one way or the other uh, about as a hint to how maybe Texas will handle the Chris Beard case going forward. You can look at how they've handled the Arterio Morris case to date. That uh, fact has not been lost on plenty of people. Um in that city and in college basketball, uh, if I recall correctly, GP, the charges were all dro- they they were they were sought to be dropped by the woman in the Ontario Morris case. But again, that case is still ongoing. Doesn't matter. Uh, the, the initial uh, report was made, and that has been part of it. And yes, there have been 
questions regarding the Morris case that has still gone unanswered. Texas has, as I understand it, put that through a Title IX investigation and with that uh, shielded itself from really any significant public comment on that. And there was no public discipline toward Morris, at least to this point. Right. So that's where we're at right now. And, you know, while we were waiting tonight to record, uh, to go live, uh, Texas as a 25 point favorite was forced to go to overtime with rice. They needed rice to miss a shot at the buzzer end of regulation and then they were able to create some um, separation in the extra five minutes. Next up is a game against Stanford on Sunday, then Louisiana, then Texas A&M Commerce. And then they dive into the Big 12 schedule, which will obviously be very, very tough. And I don't know, talking about the much less important basketball perspective of this, how much of an impact not having Chris Beard will be. But they didn't look like the same team tonight um, as they were playing Rice. And if you can acknowledge, you know, Chris Beard is is one of the best basketball coaches in college. And I think most people agree with that statement. Then not having him is going to have, should have, I don't know if it will, but should have. You can reasonably assume will have um, an impact on the basketball team. And so this team that, I mean, just a few weeks ago, people were saying look like the best team in the country, a team that can win a national championship, you know. It's just it's wild that this has turned the way this has turned and 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 that program and the these people find themselves in this situation today. If if you know, and it, it's just it's a wild turn of events. The idea that Chris Beer could go in a span of two years from landing his dream job to possibly losing it is um yeah wild story. We will have a regularly scheduled episode on Wednesday. Uh, we are planning the Jay Wright episode, I believe, for Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. And then we will obviously have our usual weekend preview episode on Friday. It's a humongous weekend of games coming up. But if there is an update to this story that is outside of that timeline, we will we will give you another pod if it warrants it. There's no telling if we will get that this week or if this will um, drift on into next week or the week after. But as usual, uh, this is a major, major story now. And uh, as war, uh, you know, as updates warrant, if there are developments, uh, we will try and give you this as a standalone episode, unless it hits right when we're doing a regularly scheduled one because of the uh, because of the subject matter. With all that said, shouts to Devin Downey, shouts to Chester, South Carolina, shouts to Larnell and Huck. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Iron College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. And like Deadleg said, barring something big and notable, uh, we'll talk to you again on, on Wednesday. Till then, take care. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.